Welcome to Role-Playing History, the podcast where we explore the history of role-playing games. I'm Wayne Davis, and I'll be your guide for today's tour. Episode 59, Role-Playing History Episode Creation 101. Yeah, wait, I, I know what just went through your head. Uh, dude, wasn't this week supposed to be Aberrant Adventure and another game? Yes, yes it was. So what the hell happened, and why aren't you getting what I promised you? Well, here's the deal. All three of the games I promised for this week have been out of print for quite some time. What that means is that getting information on them is not an easy thing. If you think I'm kidding, head over to Wikipedia and check out the entries for Aberrant Adventure. Pretty short entries there, pretty thin on the information, and that just means there hasn't been a whole lot of folks editing them. And I'll admit that picking those three without having already started some research on them, that was, that was a stupid move, and that's on me. That being said, I can usually do that and get away with it, because I can dig through, find enough different sources of information to come up with, with what I need, and then just pull it off. This time, that didn't happen. So I'm going to shelve them until I can get more research done. I'll, I'll schedule them for another show another time. But since I missed an episode a couple of weeks ago, I just I knew I couldn't just not do something this week. The fun with having to do that is I realized I was having this issue on Wednesday, which is usually the day I'm proofreading what I've already written so I can record the show that night. Yeah, nothing like a little pressure. But just as I was making my preparations for Harry Carey, two very interesting things happened. One, I got an email asking about something concerning the podcast creation. And then two, I got involved in a discussion on Twitter about writer's block. Not being the type of person who looks a gift horse in the mouth, I decided that if we were going to pivot, let's take care of two pieces of business at the same time and address both of these, which allows us to have a usable episode for the podcast. Now, the email question comes from Philip in San Jose, California, and it's what goes into my creative process for the show. I think Philip might have specifically been referring to the campaign Build Along because San Jose happens to be the market in which that show has the most downloads. But hell, let's talk about the process for both shows. I mean, we've got the time. All right, but let's see, since I like to get wordy, let's see if I can distill this down to less than 5,000 words. Might be wishful thinking, but I'm, I'm going to try. All right, so the process for writing both episodes of the show starts about the same time, right after the new episodes drop on Friday morning. That's usually when I start the background process for the next role-playing history topic, and when I go back and go over what we created for the last episode of the campaign build-along, and I start to map out where I think we need to go with the next episode. Now, the background process takes a day or two, depending. A campaign build-along episode takes a day or less, usually, and that's because I'm really just picking up where I left off. Most role-playing history backgrounds take two days, and that's just to make sure I've got as much research as I could pick through in a couple of days. Once the backgrounding is done for a role-playing history episode, I start working through the stuff I just looked up, and I'm trying to figure out how much of it I can use and how much I could lay it out. Now, there are some episodes, such as the one we were supposed to do this week, where the process of research has lasted all the way to Wednesday. That usually just means I have to skip the layout process and jump directly to writing. For the sake of this show, let's say I start doing that on Sunday, and I'm usually done by Monday. For the campaign build-along, I usually start writing the next episode by Sunday. Since I don't have background stuff to thumb through, I usually just freestyle, making corrections and adjustments as I go along. Going back to role-playing history, once I've got the basics laid out, I start writing the script. And yes, I know, it's obvious I use a script. I'll get into why in a minute. Now, that's either Monday night or first thing on Tuesday. 
Usually I'm done with both show scripts by Wednesday morning. That means we record on Wednesday night. It takes about 90 minutes per episode to record and edit. And the episodes get uploaded to their respective podcast companies on Thursday morning with the time releases calculated. Both shows release on Friday morning at midnight central time and we start this whole process over again. So let's break down some of the process and I'll address a few more questions that I get from time to time. When it comes to the research for role-playing history, I've been asked on more than one occasion where I start when I'm researching. Wikipedia. Yeah, I start my research with Wikipedia. Here's why. I trace down through the information that's there to find the actual sources that were used for the topic. That allows me to go back to that article or interview and pick up more information for the episode. Once I've done that, I'll typically type the topic into Google and start running through the results. For some subjects, that's a pretty large list, so I'll hit five or six and then I'll call it quits. For others, I've had to really dig in, and by that I mean 20 or more sites. Again, for the research I was originally doing for this week, I was getting 30 sites plus into research and still wasn't getting enough usable material. Besides being frustrating, it also means that I have to run with what little information I have if I want to have an episode, which is why if you look back in the archives, we've got some 20-minute episodes. I just didn't have as much information as I would have liked to have had. Now, there have been some subjects like Deadlands, Shadowrun, and D&D where I've been playing them for so long that I have a lot of the history of the games embedded in my brain, so I don't really need quite as much research to do the episode. So that's why it takes as long or as short as it does to research. And I have to admit that I frequently needed most of the week to get my research done, which is why episodes of role-playing history have been late on more than one occasion over the past year. Since the campaign build-along doesn't really require research, I tend to just start writing the show gives me a distraction from my research for role-playing history, and the research gives me something to go back to when I hit a wall writing role-playing history. So I use one show as a writer's block breaker for the other, and we'll talk about writer's block in a few minutes. And I said I lay out the info for role-playing history, but what tends to happen more often than not is that I go directly from research into writing, and I'm checking out what I've printed off as I try to use it. Believe me, the ability to edit on the fly with Microsoft Word has come in handy more than once. Also, when I'm writing, I tend to have podcasts going in the background. For some reason, I'm typically listening to wrestling podcasts when I'm writing on my own. The podcasts hosted by Conrad Thompson are some, and I've listed him as an inspiration for this show. And the two podcasts of Jim Cornette are the others, just for the record, in case you want to be like me. Though I don't know why the hell you'd want to be like me. There have been times that Critical Role has been going instead, but I find it hard to write and pay attention to that action, so I've decided that no gaming-related stuff goes on while I'm working on the shows. So let's move on to the actual recording. Now, for the record, I've recorded episodes as early as Tuesday night and as late as Saturday. Like I said before, Wednesday is the typical recording night so that I can get things uploaded on Thursday for a Friday drop. I've been asked about the system I use for recording. I need to note that it's actually a pretty simple setup. I do have a custom-built desktop PC that I like to use to record on, but I don't frequently get to do that anymore because, well, 11-month-old grandson in the house. So more often than not, I'm recording on a 5-year-old HP laptop because I can take it to work with me. And yes, I have that kind of time at my job. Sue me. The microphone I use, well, the microphone I was using was a $20 Amazon special that I bought on a whim once. Uh, For those who've been with role-playing history from the beginning, I recorded the first dozen episodes or so with a gaming headset I bought back when the pandemic began, and I was running a game night from home. 
I did that because at the time I was out of work and trying to do everything on the cheap. Realized pretty quickly that I didn't like the audio quality, so I bought the mic from Amazon as a belated Father's Day gift. I recently decided that I wanted to level up my recording as it was, so I bought a combination headset mic, stand mic thing from Best Buy. Can't seem to get the headset mic to work right, but the stand mic is what I'm recording on, and I think the audio quality is a hell of a lot better, so we might have finally hit on something, might have finally hit on a winner. I don't use a mixing board, though I do own a four track I bought about three years ago. In fact, when I went to record the very first episode, I tried to hook it up with the old laptop and let's just say they did not interface properly. So I just decided to move on to the headset mic at the time. I keep thinking about going back to that setup at some point, but since things seem to be working okay the way they are, and this is a one person show, I think I might just leave it the way it is. I've also been asked about the editing software I use. I use the Audacity program, which is a free-to-use program I found online. I gotta admit, I like it. It lets me lay out multiple tracks pretty easily, and I can save my work to finish at a later time if I feel the need to. And for the record, I do have experience with audio editing, thanks to a career two decades plus ago in the radio business. As I was getting in, digital editing was a pretty new thing, so I got to train on the programs that were available at the time, which were nothing compared to what we've got now. And I have to say, the process hasn't really changed much in 20 plus years. It's just the tech. So there we go. So that's the process for doing the shows every week. Oh, and why do I use a script? Well, I've tried recording episodes with just bullet points. And when I go back to edit, I realize I'm just really wandering all over the place because I'm thinking of things all over the place. It's really scattershot. And also, I have to use a script because freestyle doesn't work. If you go back into the role-playing history archives, back to... It was the very first special episode we did when I was doing it on gaming terms. I freestyled that. So if you want an example of why I need a script, that episode is living frickin' proof. All right, so let me put my two cents worth in about writer's block as it applies to GMs. I mean, it's happened to all of us at least once, and if it hasn't happened to you yet in creating your game, it will at some point. In my case, I've been running a great deal of my own game off the cuff for so long, I haven't had to work up much new stuff. Been taking the script from the Campaign Build-Along podcast with me to game night so that I have what we wrote up for that. And then I've just been trying to get my group back to where we are in the creation process, which is like herding cats. Okay, so what can we do about writer's block? Look, if you've got your game night right around the corner and you can't come up with new content, writer's block is definitely going to increase your stress and whatever comes along with that for you. I get it. Believe me. So what do we do about it? One option is to walk away from your game prep for a while. Seriously. If you're staring at your notepad or at your computer screen and nothing's coming to mind, to me, the smartest thing to do is walk away for a while. While you're away, do something that brings you joy, whether that's playing your favorite video game or spending time with your partner, or in my case, giving my grandson a bunch of attention. You do you. The thought behind this is that doing stuff like that should clear your mind and give you the opportunity to be more creative. So after you've enjoyed your time away from prep, give it another go. Hopefully you'll be able to get some writing done and your group will have stuff for your next session. But what do you do if you don't? The first option that comes to mind is not sweat it. I mean, you know your group in theory. You know the kind of things they're going to want to do. So when you get to game night, wing it. Pick up where you left off the previous session and after you wrap up the summary, ask the group what they want to do next. Listen to their suggestions, see what they decide on, and then work forward from there. Yes, that's allowing your group to write your game for you. If you've been listening to the campaign build-along, you already know I've been letting my group do that very thing. It's not a sin, and it's not a crime. 
The only thing preventing you from doing that is your own comfort level with allowing your group to lead you along as opposed to the opposite. I will give you this piece of advice, however. Make sure you pause occasionally to take notes about what's gone down. After all, when you go to work up your next session, you're going to want the notes so you remember what went down so you can weave it back in. Or when you go to write your next podcast about the game you ran, you get your info straight. Or at least you get it about 85% straight. Hey, I'm not perfect. I call myself the bad GM, remember? If running off the cuff's not your thing, you've still got your options for game night. You could run a module or something for a different system or for the system you're using but with different characters. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, I'd make sure you let your players in on that well in advance because some might not be into that. So giving them the option or ability to not show is also not a bad thing. A variation on this is that if you've got someone in your group who's been wanting to run something for the group, maybe let them run for a session or two. I mean, this means you're going to have to shelve your game for a bit, but maybe what you need is the opportunity to really rest your brain and just play. Plus, it brings a breath of fresh air and enthusiasm to the GM's chair, and that is contagious. At present, the first option would work for my group, but the second one doesn't because at this point, I'm basically the all-time GM, and while Gabe's run a bit, and Scott has as well, I wouldn't put either one of them in the spot to come up with something on just a couple of days' notice. So for me, it's either off the cuff or run something else for a bit. But I also know this. If I switch games, I'm going to wind up abandoning the one I was playing. <laughs> I know how I am. I know I'll start getting into the new game, and the next thing I know, my group will be asking me when we'll get back to the one I, quote, put on hold for a week or two, end quote. So maybe a module, but I think I'd need to stick with the game system just because. You, on the other hand, probably won't have the same issues I did. All right, let's say for a moment that none of these options appeal to you. What then? Make it a board game, card game, or movie night. I mean, if you're still wanting to get together as a group, pull out the board games or card games. That being said, if you're like my group, there are certain games you cannot play because of certain members of your group. And for mine, I'm thinking Monopoly with Jim. I'm not doing that again because it's not worth a friendship over. Just say, movie night wouldn't be a bad idea, but again, make it something the group as a whole can get behind. I mean, just because you like your dubbed anime flicks does not mean the whole group necessarily would. So try to take that into account. And I'm not knocking dubbed anime flicks. They're just not my cup of tea. But if they're yours, that's cool. And again, this would be something you'd want to put out there in advance because the group needs to know to not bring their game stuff for the night unless you decide to do some sort of video game night or something. Plus, it gives a chance for folks to bring food they might not bring on a regular game night because it's too messy. Of course, if none of these options are for you, there's always the option to call off game night for the night. I hate doing that. My group only meets every other Saturday. And we don't get started until almost 9 o'clock anyway, and we cut off around 1 a.m. So to completely lose a night of gaming just sucks for me. Plus, we wind up losing enough games over the course of a year due to illness or other commitments. So if we have to lose one over writer's block, it really bothers me. But in many cases, calling off game night is probably the smart idea. Gives the entire group a chance to do things they probably need to do around the house or whatever, and it gives them time they'd originally blocked off. So, in theory, everybody wins something. Not a game, obviously, but everybody wins something. The overall goal of all of this is to shake off the writer's block and get you creating again. If none of these work, lather, rinse, repeat. And with that, I think we're going to bring the show to an end. 
I realize we're going to come in a lot shorter than we have in recent weeks, but I'd rather stop here with what I believe to be a halfway decent show at worst than to just throw more words out there and risk a goat rope. Google that if you're curious why I said it. Next week, we're going to cover cyberpunk and tunnels and trolls. And yes, I already started research and we've got plenty for the show. It should be interesting, and I can promise that is going to be the episode. I've had multiple folks reach out to me on social media to ask about the YouTube exclusive we did last week on Adventures in ADHD, and I was asked if that was going to be available in podcast form. The answer is no for that particular show, but I did record a special episode of Bad GM's campaign build-along that covers it, dropped it on Wednesday morning. So check out the archives of Bad GM's campaign build-along if you're interested. And due to the response we got, the folks at Awfully Queer Heroes are offering you the chance to get your PDF of Adventures in ADHD for one-third off for one week. If you're interested, hit me up on Twitter and I will share the link with you. And I am already working up some more YouTube exclusives since I've finally gotten all the particulars of getting Bad GM Productions set up. Now I've got the time to record more stuff, in theory. So if you're already not a subscriber, head over to YouTube, look up the Bad GM Productions channel, click on the subscribe button, and click on the bell so you get alerts when I drop new shit. The music we use for this show comes from Pixabay.com. Check them out for license-free, royalty-free music for your next project. Role Playing History is a production of Bad GM Productions. Follow us on Twitter at BadGMP, YouTube Bad GM Productions, and you can email us at BadGMProductions at gmail.com. Next week, we deep dive cyberpunk and tunnels and trolls. But that's next week. Until then, I'm Wayne Davis, and you're Role Playing History. <laughs>